You're listening to the Comics in Motion Network. And if you don't subscribe, you're a bloody fool. And welcome to the Comics in Motion Last of Us podcast. This is the weekly podcast where I chat with guests about HBO's show The Last of Us, starring Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey as Joel and Ellie. This week, the episode is called Kin. It's episode six, and I have two wonderful guests with me here today. My lovely, lovely friends, Joe and Jamie. Hello, both. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Good, thanks. Are we just pretending we haven't had a chat beforehand? So have each of us and sort out our, our audio technical difficulties. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm very excited. This is both of your first podcasts, right? First ever. Yeah. That's very exciting. <laughs> we'll get into it, but we were worried at the start of watching this episode that uh, we wouldn't have enough to say, especially because it was quite slow going. And like on like the first ad break, we were like, uh, don't know, I've got much to say about this so far, but thankfully it, it kicks up a bit. Yeah. And I'll draw it out of you, don't worry. That's that's my <laughs> job. That's my job to do. So I'm really excited that you're here, mostly because uh, you are my wonderful, wonderful friends. Uh, do you like everybody? How I just keep on forcing my friends onto a podcast. But also, you both have very different experiences of the game, don't you? So um Jamie, why don't you go first and tell us your experience of the game? So I'm probably what's classified as a Last of Us nerd, like yourself. Um, in fact, I didn't realise you were such a, a massive nerd room until I actually heard this podcast. Um, all this time we could have been talking Last of Us. We met. Instead, we're, you know, asking each other how we are and how our families are and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> How's work I opened with? I was like, what an opening gambit, Ria. <laughs> <laughs> Conversationalist master. Um, but no, yeah, so I've basically, I think I've had it on every generation. It came out at the end of the PS3 era, didn't it? Um, I, I've played it maybe five or six times in total. Uh, I played on the PS4. After the first episode of this show, I turned to Jojo and said, I'm going to play it again, aren't I? <laughs> uh reinstalled it um i was there jojo going like oh look this is different to the game isn't it look and oh look this is the same that there's the burning building and um i completed it again a few weeks ago um so you didn't you you didn't fancy doing it chapter by chapter with the game well actually i started off um and i started it and i thought no actually i can't do this because i can't hold two joel and ellie's concurrently (laughs) in my head it's gonna mess it up but then I completely ignored that and played it through anyway. <laughs> um, and yeah, actually, I, I mean, I played The Last of Us 2 twice, which we'll probably get onto in this. Um, we'll do some spoilers at the end, I think. So okay. that's what I did last week. I did sort of like five, ten minutes of spoilers at the end because there's a lot of stuff I want to talk about. And, I, you know, for some people who will only have watched the TV show, they won't know what on earth we're banging on about and won't want to know what happens in the second yeah, game. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah what's what happened you Jade? so i have no experience of playing the game at all um only from what i've seen from jamie and heard from walking in the room <laughs> and seeing the odd thing so yeah i'm a complete novice when it comes to the last of us in terms of gaming but i'm really enjoying the tv show 
So you have no idea what's coming then? No. I mean, I can guess. Jojo doesn't care about spoilers, so she's always asking me exactly (laughs) what's going to happen. Then I prepare myself. Is Joel okay? I think he's okay. Is he going to be okay? Is that going on? What's here? You know. Um. (laughs) Well, and Joe and I had this conversation as well because... It was, I don't, was it the second or third episode? Yeah. Like, oh, something's coming up and I'm a bit scared. And I said, if you don't, if you know, if you're not worried about spoilers, I'll give you a little bit so you're not, because you're not really a horror person, are you? No, I'm not. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're not even going to expand the on that. No, scary, I'm not. The possible, the, the better. Can I tell the story about the menu? Not to go too <sighs> off. Have you don't seen, do spoilers. No, spo- no, some, no spoilers no at spoilers. all. There's a film called The Menu that freaked Jojo out in some ways in certain areas and like I was telling her about like how traumatic the opening episode of The Last of Us might be but she was absolutely fine with it but she's still, I like... don't mind random violence yeah <laughs> it's a psychological but you need to be prepared for it ahead of time right? <laughs> yeah. I love that random violence is great bring it on <laughs> yeah. but... <laughs> John Wick that's fine oh dear that's amazing but, yeah. right so let's get talking about the episode then. So episode yes. six, how have you felt about the series in the run-up to this episode? This is a longer question than I thought it was going to be. Um, so rather than, I, I don't want you to run through like every episode, but what have been, you know, your overall thoughts on the character journeys, on how this show, where this show is leading us? I, I mean, I've been very impressed with it. Um, I I'm, 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 I've been impressed at just how consistently good it is, I think. I, I was going to maybe talk about this later, but like it's, it's slightly weird as a fan of the game who knows it so well in that I was actually talking uh, to Kevin about this before when you were talking about using Letterboxd, you know, the movie rating app. <laughs> how when you're watching a movie, you're kind of in your own head about it a bit and you're like you know, you're kind of constantly thinking like, oh, this is a four-star film right now. And like, oh, actually, oh, that was a good scene. Maybe I'm going to put it up to a 4.5. And you, you kind of like, so in that zone that you can't just appreciate the film in its own right. I think I have that a bit with this in that um, as I'm watching it, I'm kind of, uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of like thinking, oh, that's kind of like the game. And I'm kind of like, I know this is coming up. Oh, this is a big scene from the game. And I just kind of can't get out of my head a bit of it. Um, so I appreciate it. It's very good. But I think I would probably enjoy it even more if I re-watch it again. And it's not separated week by week and I can just kind of binge watch it. Um, but no, I've been really impressed. Like, you know, we'll obviously touch on a lot of the points later. But uh, yeah, it, it's brilliant. Even like, like some of the best bits, it shows how good it is, how some of the best parts of the series are not even in the game. You know, it's like character expansions and like, diversions are just really interesting so um yeah no really impressed I'm glad they can have more depth to the characters with the episodes um it goes in some dis- interesting different areas which yeah I've been really impressed with yeah I, I sorry sorry I was just gonna say I've just enjoyed it as a story in its own right so far it's like got peaks and troughs and um calm episodes exciting episodes yeah and I find that really interesting that 
I mean, I like this again. So some previous guests I had on, uh, Blake and Ellie, Blake played the game and Ellie watched it. And there were some scenes where I thought, I wonder if that was a really different experience for you then seeing it in the show. I was thinking about this this morning that I have really been able to separate myself from the game and the show, which I didn't think I'd be able to. I was, I mean, if you listen back to the first episode, I was so like, I'm not going to compare the game and the show and then continue to compare the game and the show but now I've just really been able to separate that and appreciate it that they're different it's the same story but with different storytelling media and and I think I'm enjoying the show a a lot more and I think it's going to make me appreciate the game in a different way as well um and I think for me that's probably what's going to happen on season two as well when it gets to the second game which I do think is probably the greatest game ever made um <laughs> so yes yeah, so it's, like... um, it's not my last of us oh is Hashtag... it not, not well, my last of there's, us. there's scenes like <laughs> what I would like to see more of is Joel like just like scrapping about in like <laughs> random bins a bit more and like oh my god you know looking for a bit of dirty cog or something that you can <gasps> Sellotape to his gun to make it zoom in a bit. Far. If they based it on my gameplay, because in this game I've played like I mean probably a dozen times. Every time I play, I still go and search every corner as if I'm going to find something new. I'm so glad they have not played based this on my gameplay of like finding everything. <laughs> like I'm sure I've been in this corner before, and and there was something there, and there isn't. It's like yes, because it's not really. Just move on. Just get to the next thing. It's quite <laughs> funny because like. It is, I mean, why it translated so well to the screen is, is it, it is a cinematic game, even like mm-hmm. in non-cutscene moments, it's cinematic in the way they frame it and in how they want you to play. But I can't get out that head space. <laughs> it's like, you know, Joel will be there. Oh, sorry, Ellie will be there saying like, Joel, run, there's a horde running at us. Ah. <laughs> I immediately about turn and start like sniffing about <laughs> some, like, yeah. in some random corner, like, like some kind of heroin addict or something. <laughs> so the same it's so funny uh right okay so i should do a quick um episode synopsis the thing i'm terrible at so it's three months after everything happened in kansas city and the deaths of henry and sam joel and ellie are trying to find tommy still it's we're in quite an epic winter setting they stumble across an old couple who live out in wilderness they say to them be careful of Death River, basically, which I love that that's what it gets dubbed as. Um, there's some bad people over there. It turns out those bad people are actually Jackson and Tommy's settlement with his wife, Maria, which gets revealed to Joel and Ellie. Um, Joel and Ellie start to see what life can be like when you're not living their life, basically, in life outside of a QZ. When you live in a uh, communist society <laughs> which is one of my favorite bits poor Tommy likewise I love that yeah <laughs> I didn't realize I mean, they're from Texas right so they're yeah. like in a proper red state yeah poor 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 Tommy um Joel speaks to Tommy and basically everything comes spilling out about everything that's happening with Ellie that he feels like he can't handle continuing this journey due to, due to his past trauma but also due to his old age basically again loving the representation of old age really (laughs) really doing it for me um and he and ellie have a falling out about ellie potentially going on the journey with tommy but next day joel's there asks ellie to make a choice ellie chooses joel and they continue on on their journey they go to university of east colorado um to try and find the fireflies they are not there they come across let's call them some 
raiders, four raiders, who then have an altercation with Joel and Ellie. Joel gets stabbed. They go off on their horse. Joel falls falls off the horse, and then Ellie's tiny little hand touches her face, and she cries. Oh. It's like I can't do this without. Why is her hand so small? <laughs> oh, I can't handle it. And and then we we're about to find out what happens in the next episode. I'm sure Jamie and I have good ideas about what the next episode is going to be. Um, yeah. it's it's actually really interesting. Uh, um, I've I've again I was talking about like constantly thinking about it um I've been constantly thinking like okay how many episodes are left what have we got to cover mm-hmm. and it's interesting the way the pacings work because I mean in my it's, it's interesting like so the whole like scene where you meet up with Tommy in the game that's like a whole section the university part is like a whole big section um in my head I'm thinking okay that's a whole episode in itself but of course when you think about it structurally informatically for the show it doesn't really make sense to really dwell there for very long at all so uh yeah it's i think they've it's i think it's paced really well i think it's kind of coming together now um well should we talk about some of the themes of the show that really come out in this episode then so some of the main themes that i you know that i'm feeling are obviously the themes around choice around family um around living basically what do you do with your life 20 years after a infected apocalypse. How do you see these themes are coming together in this in this episode? Maybe specifically coming together through some of the characters. So do you want to talk about some of the themes and characters in this episode? Jojo? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I could see you being like, don't if, ask if you were me gonna come to me, I was gonna divert anyway. <laughs> um I think. You see Joel go on a big emotional journey on this episode, like right from the start when they're travelling towards, is it the, the old couple's house or old Jackson? Oh, the couple's house, Old Jackson, yeah. where they're sort of talking about themselves for the first time. You don't really hear Joel open up like that and talking about what he would do afterwards if there was one, running a sheep farm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it kind of follows through into... Um, him really realising that he's actually got something to lose now. He's having the panic attacks because although he hasn't admitted it to Ellie, he does care about her um, and he's got something to lose. So so that sort of ramps everything up there um, and it's really starting to come to the forefront. In fact, I think Maria says later that they've handled the deaths of their daughter quite differently. She's used it to create a new world essentially whereas he's almost imploding and you kind of see him almost implode in this episode with his panic attacks um, and worry so like emotionally he's really going through it in this one it's been kind of building up hasn't it really so like I don't like the stages of Joel's uh feelings about Elliot it's almost almost like uh burden and then it's like maybe denial he's going into the denial phase of like you know like (laughs) I have, you know, this, she is just cargo. This is, you know, I'm just dealing with this. And then it's slowly at this point, he's tipped over and he's realized he does deeply care about her. He is full on, you know, father instincts. Yeah. And that means, like you said, all of a sudden he's got something to lose. And uh, therefore that's, yeah, it's really impacting him. He's having yeah, panic attacks. And I, I'm guessing he doesn't really care about himself that much, but 
this is something he's actually can be terrified about now is someone that yeah he cares for that especially yeah. with the parallels with obviously in this episode particularly with his daughter yeah he's realized he's back in that full-on dad mode now and he actually has got something something to live for but also tommy when he's asked to go out to take um ellie in his place he's also got something to live for so that makes the choice so much harder uh for him now he's got a wife and and children or child on the way yeah yeah and there's something in from the beginning of the episode to the set to the end of the episode where he's still treating Ellie almost like Sarah as a child he doesn't want her to take watch he doesn't want her to you know be handling the big rifle all of that sort of stuff that's his responsibility to towards the end of the episode when they're on the way to the university and he's teaching her to shoot properly and he's he's treating her more like an equal and as if we're going to be more reliant on on her so just within the space of one episode we're seeing her making the choice of Joel which she was always going to make <laughs> has and him almost his confession right to Tommy his confession to Tommy means he's having to now tackle these feelings and having to treat her like a whole person instead of just a job that he has to do yeah for sure I think you know Ellie's been relatively consistent I think I think it's it's interesting with Ellie because so much of her is like front and there's so much to her that she's projecting I actually really like it when in an episode like this where she does show her more vulnerable side. I really, really like that in this. Um, but she's been fairly consistent in that she's I think she's always looked up to Joel in what he can do and yeah, having that kind of father figure, I guess. Um and yeah, like I mean, well, I'm sure we'll come to it later, but I love it when she does kind of like have her feelings just bare and she's open and honest with him. Um yeah, and actually, I mean, maybe we'll come on to this, but it was interesting, I think, seeing her reaction to uh, Joel and Tommy kind of meeting. She's clearly, her opinions on Joel have been quite consistent. It's, it's been quite interesting seeing her reaction to Joel meeting Tommy for the first time, because she's clearly not happy. Uh, and I'm guessing, you know, is he being taken away from her? Is, uh, you know, where does that leave her? Um yeah, what, what did you think about that whole bit? Um, well, they actually spend some a significant amount of time apart, don't they? She gets taken off and taken to the cinema and stuff. They haven't really spent that amount of time away from each other, um, really, since the start of the That's a great episode. point. Yeah, so, I actually um, didn't realise that until you just said that's a really good point. And, uh, and at that point, they've spent months together right yeah that's uh yeah i didn't even think about that but yeah they're finally apart yeah and you do feel a bit kind of nervous about it because they've been each other's rocks for so long i think she's so reliant on him as well obviously for like just for survival alone but obviously companionship from both both sides yeah she has an interesting conversation with Maria at that point, doesn't she? About she, well, that's when she realizes that um, he has a, had a child, and how they've dealt with it so differently. And uh, I think she learns a lot about Joel just from that sort of scene. Yeah, um, just an interaction yeah. with, an, with yeah. an extra person. I found that scene so interesting. I thought Ellie getting a haircut from Maria is so um, intimate. When was the last time Ellie? had anybody touch her in that sort yeah. of way 
you know, because she was at military school, right? So I doubt they were giving her gentle haircuts, just trimming the ends at military school. And then here comes this woman, a powerful woman who knows who she is and has got strong opinions against somebody that Ellie loves. You know, Maria makes it very clear she's not happy about Joel being there at all. And then she's also having this intimate haircut with her and having this conversation. That's really interesting. I didn't really think about it like that, but um, yeah, it is interesting. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I'm guessing like apart from the old couple, they've not really stumbled into many people. And in this kind of environment, you can't trust anyone. Even coming into this big community, you can't really trust people. And I mean, that's classic Ellie being on her guard, being kind of sarky and, you know. Well, as someone who's not played the game, I felt quite tense during that whole scene because it just almost seemed too good to be true and you kind of think well okay what's around the corner what are they hiding in there <laughs> the games the the show's taught you so much you can't yeah. trust anyone what's happening in jackson <laughs> i mean you can't really trust people can you what was your initial thoughts when they when they entered into jackson i was like wow this is almost normal like <laughs> i instantly noticed they had like the little fairy lights and things which seems like a luxury in an apocalyptic time so, um, yeah. I think some shows like The Walking Dead, for instance, also kind of impact, like you can't help but feel the impact or like have some comparisons to those because we didn't watch the whole thing, but in the later series of that show, they end up in these kind of like big communities. There's always something definitely sinister about to happen in a lot of them. Like, you know, there's definitely skeletons in the closet, almost literally, you know, there's like, or there'll be, you know, or there'll be, cannibals or there'll be like you know yeah like mad places to go <laughs> you're walking through and joe you were saying you're feeling quite tense and you're you know you're like what is around the corner what is going to happen that's bad did you feel any sense of relief at all when you were in jackson or you know in the back of your mind is there that old couple from the start saying they're bad people so what what's your overall impression of how jackson's being run and and how it's putting itself out there in the world. Well, it seems very well organised. And, well, they said they're a commune, so it's very, it seems very fair. But even as they left and they went out the door, I was like, something's going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) So suspicious. Yeah. (laughs) I I think it's, I mean, there's kids there. That's usually Yeah, there there were all the kids watching the cinema, which seemed quite sort of normal and stable and comfortable i mean i i don't know if this is a spoiler or not but jackson's a safe place so i find it so interesting that the show's just trained you to constantly be like something bad is really gonna happen (laughs) yeah so you mentioned uh maria uh how she clearly doesn't trust joel wants doesn't really want him in their nice gated community (laughs) um there's clearly like i think some distrust going both ways as well um I mean, with Joel, I'm not sure. It might be, I'd be interested to hear what you think, Greer, actually. Like, there's definitely an, an aspect of, I don't know, is there an aspect of Joel, the protector? Is he like, is there a part of him that's like, you know, she's come into Tommy's life and now he is less reliant on Joel? Um, but I imagine it's mostly the fact that, you know, he, you know, let's not forget that he's spent months worrying about his brother who has not been in communication with him, he's not radioed him. I'm guessing she was a big part of refusing and not allowing him to radio him. So uh... Joel went in to rescue him, didn't 
he and then he found out that actually didn't need rescuing so yeah so I, I mean I completely agree I completely agree Joe. so I, there's very something I've noticed more in this show than in the game is that Joel needs to be needed he needs to be have a purpose for someone so he was you know for Tess he got to be the brute force he followed her and got to be the brute force for Tommy he had to which we haven't seen but you know they talk about he had to keep Tommy alive right that was his job keeping Tommy alive and now his job is keeping uh, Ellie alive until he hands her off somewhere and now he finds Tommy and it turns out Tommy doesn't need him that's like a whole part of his personality shattered of how he views himself shattered. And he's already going through this huge emotional turmoil of Ellie being his surrogate daughter. That's sort of like, it's just a whole extra part of him that's just now gone. Like, who is he? Who is he going to be? It's a question. He doesn't even want to be a sheep farmer anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think happened the there? Did you, do you think the second he saw the sheep, he was just like, oh, well, they're over here. <laughs> I love the shot of the sheep. <laughs> so they said sheep farm and I just think this is a good episode for Joe. <laughs> I don't know why. It's like yeah. you love sheep. Um well, it's all about the sheep. But... Well the sheep thing's about being useful again, right? Isn't it? Like he, yeah. he, he's never thought about who he's going to be. He's Texan, so a ranch. Sheep, that's useful. But actually, once he gets to grow with Ellie and have conversations and spend some time actually thinking, because it's not a job anymore, it's a journey for the two of them. As soon as they decide they're heading out to the university together, it's not just a job, it's not payment, it's I actually care about this person. It's allowing him to think about more things. And he's like, you know what, this is what what I always wanted to be. And that's a really lovely small character development for me. So what's your take on Maria then, Jo? Um, I think she's very headstrong. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's obviously helped to grow the community that they've got there now. Um, did she say she was a lawyer or something in a, mm. in a past life? It's obviously massively helped. But I do think there is a little bit of jealousy there between uh, Joel and her. Like, he wasn't happy for them when he found out that... Uh, they were married and even less happy when he found out they were having a child. So, um, yeah, I agree that uh, he feels like his brother's been taken away from him in some respects. And maybe he feels a little bit jealous because he'd like that for himself on one, on some level. Um, but obviously he wouldn't let himself think about that until he's done the job with Ellie. I don't, I don't want to compare too much to the game, but um, it, I mean, in the game, the, the character of, Maria, I think it is still Maria in the game, right? Yeah. Um, uh, she has maybe one scene of note where she basically has about three lines. So, like, it's it's nice to, like, really get to know who she is and actually have, like, you know, a character there. <laughs> so, um... I want to be, like, the lady in the house at the start. Oh, my sat God. in a chair, nonchalant. Well, there you go. This, this is on. our next conversation. Let's talk about <laughs> though, that amazing couple in the house. Like, what a they're great... They're just living life. Well, great contrast to Joel and Ellie as well, who are surviving, and they're just sort of like already moved out to the sticks, just hanging out there. The uh, the apocalypse happens, the mushroom yeah. fungus apocalypse happens, and they're just like, yeah, whatever. They didn't... Well, it didn't really impact on them, did it? They said they were living that life beforehand, and it's not really changed, so... I felt like they 
I felt they could have been casted in a or cast in a Coen Brothers film. <laughs> they had that kind of energy about them, like ordinary looking people, but just somehow really full of character. You know, I don't know how more to describe it. Kind of like the, if you know the kind of a receptionist in No Country for Old Men. They're kind of like. Like they're brilliant at casting those kind of roles where they just come in and you know steer the scene or two and then like disappear. Um, yeah, and they get Joel and Ellie straight away, don't they? They're like totally just like, yep, yeah, know who you are. Like it's nothing to. Yeah, they read them. Yes, that's it. Thank you. Read them. I couldn't <laughs> think of the right words. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. It's so nice. So we get like some choice, um, choice contrast with Ellie coming and being all big fucking forest and swearing and being yeah. aggressive and they're both just like okay. right, just chill out in your house you just had some soup relax yeah. <laughs> but also we also get the ellie not listening to joel as well which again changes at the end of the episode so he's obviously told her to stay upstairs stay quiet and she says can i come down and comes down without even having the permission but then by the end when they're at the university and she's on the horse and they realize there's no guards there's no firefly guards she asks joel if she needs her gun waits for him to respond and then importantly takes it out of her backpack instead of her pocket or like the belt loop or whatever like she did in the previous episode so there's a change we see she's she's now that he's respecting her she's respecting him i hadn't noticed that but that's i was gonna say you are so observant (laughs) (laughs) and incredibly insightful i I think it's uh you know i've listened to these podcasts before now um and i've also been listening to the official hbo one and i know you say you never listened to them beforehand so yeah i'm quietly impressed uh, <laughs> now loudly impressed you always say the right things and then they say it exactly in the HBO one it like, actually make me cry <laughs> the best thing I've ever heard in my life <laughs> like, oh, that's amazing yeah I don't listen to it until afterwards because I worry that it will colour what I think because right so this is the first episode where there was a couple of things I haven't actually liked they're really minor and massively minor gripes um but I don't want to listen to it because I know that I'll just fan out I'll just geek out and I'll be like, hey, this is the best thing I've ever watched. And I want to come at the d- discussions quite clear because I want to hear what my guests have to say as well, because they often notice things that I've mm. not noticed. So the couple of things I didn't like is I, and I know some people probably like this, and I know there's a good storytelling reason for being there, but I didn't like the Sarah bits, Sarah associations. Right, yeah. So I didn't like it after Joel and Ellie have this fight in the house and he goes off and he's sat in a room and they cut to him imagining Sarah putting stuff on a Christmas tree I thought we didn't need that I thought his performance is so fantastic if you just stayed on his face for a minute or two I would have understood everything I didn't need to be reminded of Sarah I get it like we know that and I felt sort of like the same with the Christmas tree in the square but I'm happy for you to tell me that I'm wrong I really liked the moment maybe like the I don't know if I had that strong opinion. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> That's fine. I, no, I really like. I really liked when he saw her from behind, like the very mm. clearly the same hair, and she's there. I, I, I like that. Maybe like you know the turn to camera, the kind of slow mo bit of her. Yeah, yeah. I like. I agree with you. Actually, I liked the because I imagine if you lose a child, you would see them everywhere, and now that he's opening up again and becoming vulnerable, he is now starting to see her. Whereas he's blocked that part off. So I do agree with that. Yeah, maybe like yeah. that bit. But the sort of, yeah, the slow turn to camera. It's 20 years like. later as well. So when he sees her go off with her, presumably her mother, you know, he's even thinking like 
she could now be she could have been that mother now and she could have you know how old would she be now what would she be doing where would I have been if this hadn't all happened that's pretty devastating um, Jamie thanks for that <laughs> it's a devastating show <laughs> cheers mate <laughs> now you understand why he's so good at, uh, in his performance he's channeling oh. that whole he's so, like he is so good should we touch on the performances of this episode for a little bit I feel like I'm just excited to be talking to you both so I'm slightly more chaotic than normal <laughs> but I'm happy with that uh like once again the Bella Ramsey Pedro Pascal performances are just insane they're so good it is unbelievable uh now both the characters but we've got the new characters come in, which I started talking about in the beginning. Um, and now I'm going back to, it's going really well. <laughs> As I just said, in a bit, I'm going to edit out. Uh, I'm just <laughs> clearly too excited to be talking to you both. Um, <laughs> so we've got Gabriel Luna as Tommy. Um, how do you feel about his performance? I feel like he's brought so much in such a short amount of time. JJ's looking at me as if I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it's, I mean, we've had not be like last time we saw him was 20 years ago um but you can tell like you know he's definitely where he is now clearly he's uh changed a lot from where he was uh has more responsibility maybe less carefree you know he was getting although when he, he was in prison at the, at the start of the series and um, that was a kind of infected related incident you think but the way joel sighed at the start you know is clearly not an uncommon thing um, yeah, and I just think he, yeah, he definitely kind of brought, yeah, gravity to it. You could definitely, well, they, they have that one really big kind of emotional scene, don't they, where I think it's probably more focused on um, uh, Joel, like in terms of like the performance and Pedro, Pedro Pascal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, yeah, I think that's, I think they're all great. But obviously, I mean, the casting in this, obviously, is so good. And that's the first step. But, yeah. What did you think of him? Well, well Joe, I'll, I'll say my words first. Uh, like, fantastic. I think from exactly what you've said, from what little we know from him in the pilot, what we see now, he feels like a changed man. And that's not just from playing the game. And we know that Tommy's a changed man. It's, It's... You know, he's obviously so, so happy to see Joel. We see that their reunion's beautiful, but his priorities have changed and he is a different person. And I, we've already touched on the <laughs> communism scene, but <laughs> I feel like Tommy 20 years ago would have fought back against that. But instead, he just has a slight existential crisis. And it's like, oh, actually, yeah, this is kind of like... <laughs> I am now a communist. <laughs> you know, but I feel like, you know, Tommy 20 years ago probably would have punched somebody for saying yeah. that. But he, I feel he's really changed. And he's, he knows, right? He knows Joel needs to complete this journey. He knows this isn't his journey. He knows the best thing for Joel is for him to go and do that. And I feel that in that final scene between him and Joel as well, that, you know, I don't feel like he's that shocked when he walks around to the stable and Joel's there. I think mm. he probably hoped or knew that something like that might happen. And he's just, he's got like this little smile on his face and he's just a bit sort of like, yeah, kind of, this is inevitable. I do yeah. kind of wonder, just going back to the point about yeah, him dealing with the whole commune thing. Because <laughs> we I mean, could I... do a whole podcast about that. Because <laughs> it's just amazing. <laughs> and crucially, that was the scene with all the sheep in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do find like I do wonder like in this kind of world they're in like 
how people's priorities change. So I'm wondering like, well, there's like certain episodes that are coming up where this might be more relevant, but definitely like, yeah, like what are people's priorities now? Like that seems like such a kind of arbitrary thing, you know, they're all just honed in on survival and that's what they know and what they have to, the code they have to live by. That That's almost like a, I mean, that's like such a kind of old world worry now, you know, it's, mm. uh, and I wonder like how, yeah, how people's attitudes change kind of over time, but dependent on what's happened really. Um, I love that. I love that. It's an old world worry. Yeah, for sure. That's great. Yeah. You've just got to go. It's not important. But you know, anymore. I wonder if like, I mean, not to get too heavy, but I wonder like how people's attitudes might change, you know, like into, around things like, you know, like race and sexuality and all like other things like that. I mean, does that even become, I don't know, do people kind of like see that differently in the, in this new world on the basis that they are all just survivors, you know, they're all just kind of thrown in. So I wonder, obviously like there will still be like, you know, racist and so on in the future in this in this world but um yeah i do wonder like how their attitudes changed based in this new world and you can imagine like i said earlier like if he was he's clearly from texas it's a typically red state and we don't know their political affiliations but it's clearly not something he would have uh, been into uh, back in the day and and, and tommy was in the army right yeah I mean, tommy yeah. was in the army so i mean there's something is the show saying that Tommy was in the army because he wanted to do something good in the world? Is Tommy seeking good? And I would say potentially because we see he was in the army and lots of people in the army, whether you agree with it or not, are there because they feel they're going to make a good change in the world, right? Mm. Tommy then joins the Fireflies because the Fireflies are offering change for the good. They're offering, we do not need to live under a totalitarian regime. So he's seeing the good in that as well. He wants to change things for the good. And then he gets to Jackson. And you can imagine spending your whole life trying to find your calling, what you're there for. And actually his his calling is a quiet life in a small community, building things, helping run it, helping sure everybody's safe. Mm. Like, no wonder he doesn't want to go off, even if it's a seven-day, sorry, five if you're Joel and Ellie, <laughs> um, seven-day journey to and from a, a university with a with a kid he doesn't even know, because he's finally safe, right? He's finally Until he realises it's the ultimate help, like he is literally helping yeah. to potentially save humanity by taking it on. Great point, great point, um, yeah. We didn't actually talk about... Bella Ramsey and uh, Pedro Pascal, though, did we? I mean, other than that, they are obviously brilliant. Yeah. I think <laughs> I, did have, <laughs> I did have a point about Ellie, so, or Bella Ramsey. So, I, you know, I, I think she's fantastic. But I think she is definitely different to in-game Ellie. I feel like this one is, she's definitely got a bit more kind of snark to her. Definitely a bit more, like I said earlier, she's got a bit of lots of front, lots of... Um, She's, you know, lots of teasing of Joel. Um, I think that's maybe slightly different to the game. It might just be because, you know, you spend so much of the game with in-game Eddie as like just walking around silently or whatever. And there's a, lots of just general small interludes. Um, it might be the fact that, you know, she is like a genuine kid and she's bringing a lot of that energy. Whereas obviously the character of Ellie in the game is voiced by like an adult. Um but no, I like both sides of that. 
but like I said earlier, I do like those kind of like tender moments where that does come down. I think that's where it's the most powerful. And obviously we've, we'll probably get onto the scene, but like the scene between her and Joel, um, that's where I feel like you're seeing the real character. And I think she conveys both of those really, really well. We can talk about that scene now, if you'd like. What? How, Joe, Did you how cry, Ria? I didn't actually. The first episode, I haven't <laughs> cried. It's like some sort of miracle. Um, but I did watch it at like 6 a.m. So actually, that probably make you cry more. I don't know. Who knows? Um, <laughs> Joe, how did you feel watching that scene? Is this the one where she's reading the diary? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like a famous, it's famous if you're... If you've played the game, the game yeah. yeah. <laughs> did it feel um, pivotal to you watching it? It did. I thought it was really interesting that um, obviously she hadn't experienced anything pre-apocalypse. So like reading the diary of a young girl um, just talking about boys and things must seem so trivial to her. It's like, is this all they have to worry about? Um, that was interesting but yeah obviously there's the um, emotional aspect of it as well which I thought was performed really well I think it's interesting when um, so previously Joel's been somewhat dismissive of her I think but like he isn't like we said earlier he is in like kind of full-on dad mode now so when she actually comes out and says something like don't you care about me at all he is almost immediately like of course I do that's been the real kind of pivotal shift there but yeah yeah it's like I said this is another scene where I kind of couldn't get on my head in it because I, I I appreciate it was really good but in my head I'm like oh in the game he is it because he didn't or... say you're you're walking, walking off mighty thin ice yeah, exactly she's one exactly. of which is one of everybody's favorite lines of the game <laughs> I think it works though in this I think it's I think Joel's a different character to the game not only I want to talk about violence just after this but not only is he because he's not able to be like shot a million times um, and just heal himself by wrapping a bandage around his arm like he's not a superhero but I, I think he's a lot more vulnerable in the show than he mm. is in the game he's a lot more human so I mean I don't know what the stylistic choice is to do that but it feels like to deliver an epic line that all of us gamers are going to go we want to hear that line doesn't quite fit for me with the Joel of the TV show but I too love that line I was like I, I kind of get why it's not there, yeah. I really want it to be there when he says stop when Ellie mentions um Sarah I got very uh the guy in the house sniper in the house vibes like when Joel basically pleads with him to not he, he says can you just stay up here give it an hour and we'll be gone yeah and the guy turns and Joel's like pleading he's like can just stop please don't make me do this I got vibes like that with Eddie. He's like, please just don't make me talk about Sarah. Did you feel it's the, the same? internal struggle, isn't it? It's mm. like the internal struggle of like shutting down, shutting down, not engaging with it versus, you know, the feelings he's clearly got for Ellie and it's uh, the kind of fighting against each other. And, you know, she's forcing him to confront, you know, the demons of the past. And that's, well, that's obviously run through the whole episode in lots of areas. Um and I think, yeah, he just has to embrace the fact that this is his life now. He has to open up. He has to love again. He has to allow that to happen and deal with it somehow. But that's that's him. He's still kind of fighting it at that point, I think. And then mm. by the end of the episode, he's clearly kind of confronted that, made a made a decision, and he he wants to be with her and he wants to help out. Joe, as we know, as you've already mentioned, do you love mindless violence? <laughs> 
What a yeah, revelation. Mindless violence. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. <laughs> At the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, love it shoot everyone smash their faces arm slicing kill yeah. bill perfect Kyle, yeah. I like it when someone's <laughs> pleading for their life that's what I like yeah <laughs> Joe's terrifying when they're like when you don't care about the characters isn't it it's just well, about the henchmen so, so we, you are you alright with the violence in this show <laughs> against some of the mindless uh, characters so you know there's a quite horrific bit of violence at the very end with the raiders and joel snaps his neck which is also a mechanic from the from the game joe were you just like yeah great break his I, neck I didn't mind fantastic breaking well he was trying to kill him wasn't he so like <laughs> just brute force but how, how are you finding the violence in general are you finding it quite shocking or I feel like it's the right level and because they kind of pace it through the series so mm. like you have a karma show and then you have one with a lot of action then it it's not to, from someone who doesn't necessarily naturally go for that sort of thing then yeah it <laughs> I mean you've told us you do naturally go for that well, sort no, yeah no <laughs> <laughs> I don't go for like horror scary things mm. I mean it's, it's much more grounded isn't it like I think it's been clever how they've shown the consequences of violence all the way throughout which is important that it just doesn't apply to games because it's a just completely different art form like like ria said it's literally a mechanic if i'm if i'm like breaking like five people's necks in a row in the game i'm like going like, oh i did that well you know <laughs> exactly right i'm playing i'm like i'm so sneaky and i killed five exactly, people by yeah. snapping their necks and didn't waste a shiv and i'm so pleased with myself but um it's like playing Call of Duty. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you're a big Call of Duty player, yeah. aren't you? So you're just like, yeah, shoot yeah. them all, headshots. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, like, ball shot. More like I shoot them in the balls. <laughs> I am low. Oh, that is the best <laughs> yeah, thing I have ever heard. That is amazing. That is <laughs> so good. Like, Don't shoot their feet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but talking about genitalia, let's talk about the moon cup. Whoop. Periods. Yes. Menstruation Jamie had to ask what that was. I love it. I love yes. it. I presume because I've not been on like Reddit or anything. <laughs> as I say, I try to avoid. But I presume there's so many posts of people being like, "I now know what a moon cup is. I know what <laughs> a menstrual it's cup good is." Marketing. I yeah. thought I was relatively clued up, but it's all about growing and learning, isn't it? <laughs> so I'm happy to. I'm happy to uh, to ask. Menstruation representation in the show menstruation yeah, that's two, right? that's... yeah two is great yeah i was too busy in that previous scene of her she gets them off that uh Shelf. set of shelves i was too busy like again wondering about <laughs> if i was there i'd just be like nosing around for like all the scrap on the shelves but <laughs> it's I, I wanted to talk about this later actually but like that was the first moment when i was like that is just straight from the game mm. like, the set design is incredible um and yeah, likewise with this, like the set design in this whole episode is just absolutely outstanding. So much detail to everything, yeah. isn't there? Jackson's beautiful. Like the way they've set it up and shot it's so beautiful. I mean, I'd like to live there now. Yeah. You know, and they don't have half of the luxuries that I have. And I'm like, oh God, that looks amazing. It's like yeah. a good life. Yeah, it's really beautiful. And the, the funny enough, when we're talking about the Joel and Ellie argument, the house that they're in, it felt to me like the house in the game. I haven't had time to go and do any sort of like comparison. I think when she was going to haircut that house, mm. I'm pretty sure is a house from the game. Um, Amazing. 
We can talk more about it later, maybe. <laughs> yeah, in the, in the spoiler section. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is there anything else before we move on to the spoiler section? I am aware to both of you, I apologise, this has been quite chaotic due to some of our technical difficulties. So there's probably some things that we've missed. One thing I did notice is, which I think speaks volumes about Jackson, actually, and Joe, your terror that something was going to happen is that in some of the shots of when they're at the cinema, it's incredibly diverse people in Jackson. There's specifically an extra who who has Down syndrome. And I thought that's a lovely choice. That tells you something, that in Jackson, everybody's welcome and everybody can thrive and survive. Somebody in under Fedra's rule who did not fit into a person who can fit into their rules and contribute how they want, I imagine would be executed, would not be a part of society. So I thought that was a lovely nod to how Jackson is a safe yeah. place. The uh, showrunners are so onto this. So all these little details we've been talking about, you know that they are absolutely meant and they are absolutely all over it. But I think, you know, Naughty Dog, the people who made the games, like they've, they've always been inclusive as well. Like the, not just the characters in it, but like the actual like accessibility things that like physically on the game, like say like blind people can play the game mm -hmm. pretty much. And um, so, yeah, I, I, am, I do really like the kind of inclusivity on just from their point of view, but then also like you're saying that, that just definitely clearly shows the divide between Jackson and the rest. Evil but then, Fedra. you know, but it's all gray area. You know, I think whereas, Fedra and like the previous uprising is clearly like a totalitarian uh, movement. This this feels kind of more happy and peaceful, but it's still shades of grey runs through absolutely everything. Um, well, yeah, they they shoot people who for sure yeah, who yeah threaten them. You know, who they could be opening the doors and saying be part of our community, and they're yeah. not. And is that part of building a safe community? Or not, you know, how do you make those choices? I'm sure we'll find out in season two. Well, we need to talk Last of Us 2 anyway. Well, yeah, okay, like so let's just really this, quickly but, um, talk. Yes, we, I mean, we very much do. because can I, can I give up two very quick points? Yes, yeah, go on, go for it. When he shot the thing, I think it said, did it say asshole on it? Is that right? <laughs> it did, yes, yeah. Was anyone else as disappointed as me that he didn't put it through the O, he put it through the H instead? It's right in the middle, though, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> That's just... <laughs> Or was he aiming for the O? Center. Was he aiming for the O and it went in the centre and he was like, I'm just going to well, pretend maybe. I meant that. She's like, she's going to think I'm amazing. <laughs> I was interested as well, like on the song choice that goes out over the end credits. So am I right in saying that's, that was on the first episode as well, right? Yes, yeah. So Depeche Mode. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, usually I find that kind of thing, Jojo knows this, <laughs> I find that kind of thing quite irritating when you take like a, big song and then you do a kind of like floaty kind of softy spoken version thankfully it worked here but i'm so glad because usually that thing just like could have ruined the whole episode like they'll do something like i don't know guns and roses welcome to the jungle and it'll be just <laughs> that annoys us in this house as well. voice. yeah <laughs> beautiful i'll get you for the next one oh, i've already filmed it season two yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're the same. The slowed down version of a song uh, a... raises our hackles and this heckles. In one of the traders, there's another kind of alternate version of a song. Mm -hmm. um, 
which I won't go into, but I've, I've got, I mean, I believe that might show in this series. Um, and again, frankly, that really does work. And it really, really works in the game. Um, so yeah, thankfully, I think they know what they're doing. So that's <laughs> so, so just really quickly on the end, before we get to spoilers, Joe, how did you feel at seeing Joel injured, gravely injured and falling off the horse of someone who's not played the game, so will not know this section of the game? You probably got an idea of where it's going. What was your... Well, I was obviously I'm very concerned for him. And obviously, Ellie's very upset about the fact, well, he shouldn't really survive that sort of uh, um, injury with no help or medication. Well, maybe she's got some medicine. Who knows? But yeah, obviously very concerning. But I feel like... She's got some like some of that scotch tape stuff that you yeah. used to put yeah. over the shoe ready. Just, yeah. just wrap it around. I loved that in fixing his shoe. I was like, that felt yeah. very like she's <laughs> so got some tape fixing his shoe. It is terrifying that ending though, isn't it? Because she's just a kid in the middle of nowhere. It's snowing. Like, what What's do you do? What do you even do? Like, it's falling off the horse. Yeah. Mm, and you know, is Joel? Safety. I don't know. What's gonna happen in the next episode? It's <laughs> who knows? For anyone I mean, who's seen the episode preview of the next one. I don't know if that's even counts as a spoiler for people who haven't seen it yet. But uh, well, let's do it. Let's do it in the spoiler section. Yeah. I've not watched it yet, but I have a theory of what okay. the next episode is going to be, which I presume everybody else has got as, as well. I don't think it's going to be a shock of what's happening next. So, anything else before we go to spoilers? No, I don't think so. No. And and Joe, are you happy to talk spoilers? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I Lovely. don't mind about a spoiler. Okay, great. So <laughs> thank you everyone for listening. Um, I'm sure there's much more we could have covered. I'm very conscious of everybody else's time on this call. Um, so you know where you can find me, Comics in Motion, at Rhea Carrigan on Instagram. Uh, come and check us out at the Femme On Podcast Collective. We're doing some awesome stuff. In fact, I think Dickinson Season 2 has come out this week, so go listen to that. It's a great chat. Um Unlike the first Dickinson and this episode, it did not have any technical difficulties. So that was quite nice. Um, so go and find us there. Thank you for listening. We're about to go and do spoilers. So from now on, it is spoilers. Spoilers dong or something. If you can hear something in the background, that is my cat desperate to get in. Um, <laughs> just crying at me. So I apologise for the extra background noise. Right, let's talk spoilers. What do you want to talk about? So... Obviously, the main one is that I think that, you know, I think really cleverly they introduced Jackson right here and now. So, um, sorry, did you hear that? No, I didn't. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first thing, yeah, so I think what's, what's really clever is that they, they introduced Jackson at this point in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if they'd followed the game completely, Ellie would have run away on a horse. They would have had that emotional scene in the in like a separate house so jackson comes into it really in last of us part two doesn't it um but i think it makes so much sense in terms of the show in that establishing it now and especially because you know tommy's going to be there later um yeah it just makes sense that they can kind of go back to that and be known already um yeah what did you think uh, Jackson as well. I mean, there's so many. I'm curious to know, know. how many so, Easter eggs you found. I, oh my I've god! Maybe like five. So we've got Dina. Yes, right? I definitely Dina. That. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. got to be because. And in the game, Dina talks about the first time she sees Ellie, and she's like, 
the skinny as a rake thing, stealing food, <laughs> gobbling up food. Shimmer, shout out to Shimmer, the best guest, uh, which is Ellie and Dina's horse in yes in, in the second one, which like I, I was like best guest star in this episode. So yeah, we've got Dina. We've it's got had a snowball fight. Yep, kids had a snowball fight. Spotted that as well. We've got so the barn. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Which I've is explained where... this. Jojo is aware of what all these mean, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's run through some of them. <laughs> so, so the barn is where we get flashbacks throughout the second game, and the barn is where like a pivotal scene happens between Ellie and Dina and Joel and somebody else that sort of start setting Joel and Ellie's relationship back on in like because they're, they're estranged let's say let's it starts putting them back on surer footing but then things that happen in the game mean that doesn't happen <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a big thing which is why even though we're spoiling it's doing spoilers I'm trying not to say it so like the barn is an amazing set piece to see what are your thoughts in terms of like like going into the last of us part two as a series is bella ramsey of an age is she, once they start filming do you think they need to leave a bit of time before they go into it i think she's i think she can handle it i think she's doing a great job of playing a very tough sarcastic got a front 14 yeah. year old i think she can do the the she's about 19 right Am yeah right now? and she's 19 in the game okay so yeah, I think I, I guess you know work. they can I'm sure they can make some changes because she's not going to look perceivably that much older. Mm. Um yeah, oh uh, yeah, no doubt she can handle it. Um the other thing I noticed was um Joel standing in front of quite an interesting poster when uh he's confronting Ellie. Oh, I missed that. What poster was he in front of? It's a, just a just a picture of a giraffe behind him. Oh <laughs> that was God. definitely, definitely oh. an Easter egg. I can't handle it. I can't handle the giraffe scene that's going to happen. That is going to be All these giraffes just get slaughtered in the game. <laughs> yeah, you'll love it. The giraffes get shot in the head. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not the giraffes. <laughs> you love a bit of senseless Not the sheep. I mean, you know, so this Joel's is really this is it. Next, he, he climbs yeah. one and just like <laughs> the whole thing goes limp. It's <laughs> horrific. I mean, are you? This is a, like a huge emotional spoiler. Do you want it or not? Or do you yeah, go on. Okay, so basically, um. Jelly, jelly, (laughs) jelly, Ellie. Um, something really awful happens to her, uh, which we'll see over the next couple of episodes. And she's got a lot of trauma from these awful things that happened to her. There is a cat trying to jump up to the ceiling. Um, um, Ellie gets attacked by a cat. Yeah, so it's really traumatic. And we get a scene since towards the end where they're having to cut through sort of like a train station, sort of like a bus station, and there's a zoo, and obviously all the animals are free to roam throughout the city. And we get to have like this wonderful, childlike, innocent moment where Ellie's mind is blown by seeing giraffes. And it just reminds you that she is 14 and that she is a child and she has been through all these horrific things and then it when what happens at the end of the game it's sort of you sort of reflect on a moment on how it motivates Joel even further towards the end of the game I, I talked around it quite well then yeah didn't I? without huge especially it's, it's just like such a nice moment in the game like 
like we said, they are cinematic and they, the, the fact that they're holding your attention, one of the best scenes in the entire game, isn't yeah. like some dramatic encounter or even like a, it's literally this quiet moment where she runs off, she's like, oh my God. And it's, you have a moment of panic, but it's just like this really nice, quiet moment where they're just kind of watching them graze. And it's just, yeah, it's incredible. And you can stand there for as long as you want, just taking it in, looking at the view. Or as soon as you sort of like hit a, hit like the joystick. Five hour yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it suddenly moves. So you know, in a game that's just full of violence and action, and you just sit there and just take it, and then you spend some time with Ellie. You just stand next to her, and that's it. And you just look around. It's lovely. I'm very sure they're going to include that in the yeah. series. Well, we've have already had play. like a giraffe toy. You spotted the giraffe poster. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it's going to happen. Oh, I didn't spot the giraffe poster. That's amazing. I don't think I really have anything else to say about spoilers. I've been enough. At some point, we need to just chat separately about yeah. Last of Us 2. There's a lot of stuff they're doing in this that's setting up things in The Last of yeah. Us 2 that's going to have a huge emotional payoff. Ellie's obsession with space is going to have an emotional payoff mm. in The Last of Us 2. Um, some of the things that some of the characters are doing will have an emotional payoff, payoff in the <laughs> second season. Like these, are, you know, we all know the creators of this show know what they're doing and they are setting us up for some shit that's going to be happening in two years time <laughs> that is genius but I'm also like please don't emotionally devastate me I don't need that <laughs> oh right should we leave it there then that's it that's the end of spoilers yes. that's the end of our chat wonderful thank you both thank, thank you very you much for having us. That.